Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. How the hell are you? How's your week going? We're going to talk guns. Uh, we're going to talk guns with my favorite mom, army vet, PTSD uh, advocate. Not for PTSD. For getting help with PTSD. Rachel at Pro Warrior. There's a running joke about me saying that wrong. It comes up a couple times. This is Rachel's third or fourth appearance. Love having her on the show. Um, so well-spoken. And um, look, we're talking gun control and uh, unfortunately the tragedy that occurred with her experience as an army vet um, as well as uh, you'll find in the interview she grew up with guns as a hunter and things of that nature. So um, I thought it was an interesting conversation. We end up having way more fun than we should be. It's a hard, oh, it's a hard topic, but uh, Rachel likes gallows humor, and I'm all for it. So if you're in for some, if you like some dark humor, you're in for a good one. Before I get into that, I want to say. Uh, hit subscribe or follow i hate this part but i have to because it means so much to like the algorithms the numbers the all this kind of crap so uh wherever you're watching or listening to this probably a subscribe or follow button hit, hit one of those for me and if uh, you want to give me a five star a little thumbs up a little comment something to that regard it's greatly appreciated um now let's get to the show are you listening damn All right, everyone, as promised, today's guest is Rachel at Pro Warrior. I stated it correctly. Pro yes, Warrior. We did it. Uh, this is Rachel's third or fourth time back? I don't remember now. I'm third? losing track. Third, mm-hmm. third time? Okay. Uh, Rachel is a army vet with mom of three, mm-hmm. uh, two girls and a boy, and she's an outspoken advocate for uh, veterans with PTSD. Uh, Rachel, you've talked extensively about this in the past, but today I want to talk guns. Yeah. And uh, obviously, look, the, I, I reached out to you because, like, in my mind, you're now my army person. Like, okay, <laughs> if I have army questions, I reach out to Rachel. Uh, guns okay. seems like an army thing because I'm Canadian. Yeah. I don't really know much. Uh, right. So I reached out to you. And then you decide to drop on me, you know, pre-military. I was yeah. raised hunting. Mm-hmm. I took courses. Mm-hmm. I have experience in cleaning weapons mm-hmm. and the thing that perplexed me the most making bullets so yes. uh let's talk guns shall we mm-hmm. because everyone in america says there's no need not everyone the most of the people mm-hmm. say they need it republicans say there's no need for reg- uh regulations restrictions blah 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 right. uh what says rachel so, you know, I was talking to my husband yesterday. My husband, I don't know if I told you, my husband was in the army for 13 years. He's in the air force now. Yep. Um, but he, he and I were talking yesterday about the pure amount of guns. So, uh, the conversation we had was, let's say tomorrow we start mandatory buyback, right? Everybody who legally participates anyway, gets their, their guns purchased by the government. I would still expect to see 50 or so years of shootings just until this cycles out. And then that entire time period, you're going to hear about, oh, look, our government took all of our guns. Now nobody is safe. So like, it really feels like you can't win. 
Um, Interesting. So you're afraid that every time, if, as soon as there's a, like an, an ounce of regulation, every shooting is going to be like, see, it's because yes. there wasn't a good guy with a gun there. Yes. Well, because that's that's the nature of our politics, right? You see that in other areas where something happens and it's immediately evidence, even if the comparison is false. You know, it's it doesn't matter if the comparison is accurate. It doesn't matter um, if those are two situations that should be compared. They are being compared. That's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't even considered that because I'm like, what? you know, my mind has always been like, this is like trying to get a toddler to eat broccoli, right? right. Just try it. Just try it. Try it. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you'll like the taste. Maybe you'll like the taste of reduced children's death. Maybe you yes. like it. Maybe it'll be yes. palatable. Well, they're they're using abortion legislation instead. <laughs> well, that's another conversation. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about shooting babies if you want, but I don't. Right. I don't yeah. yeah. Um. So your relationship <laughs> with guns. You were raised yeah. hunting. When was the first time you were kind of introduced to to hunting? Oh, I started going to the range. And going hunting when I was around eight. Um, okay. So I got my first BB gun at eight, uh, bow and arrow around nine, shotgun around 10. Jesus um, Christ, you are terrifying. Carry on. I, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Do not but, fuck with Rachel. Go ahead. <laughs> but it was, it was so normal because we hunted. You yeah. know, we, we hunted. I have, um, I have family who handcrafted their own guns, like their family heirlooms that are these beautiful handcrafted guns that my great grandmother made, um, like her revolver. And these aren't guns that are shot ever. They're kept safe. Um, yeah. but it was, it was a normal thing in my home. Um, we're going to the range this weekend. We're going hunting cause we had hunting land. Um, and then anytime you're being taught about anything, you should be taught how to keep it safe how to clean it. So after you're hunting, after you're shooting, you're learning how to clean. Um, I used to help my grandpa collect all of the brass so that we could remake those bullets. Um, there was, there's a machine at my grandparents' house that is older, probably than my grandpa. It belonged to my great grandfather. And you, it's for making bullets. You put the brass down and you shove the gunpowder in with this giant lever. And I remember like hanging on to it with all my little body weight, just pulling pack gunpowder into the sh um so for me when i went to the army and i'm getting trained on all these really cool weapons um you know at the time i had my m16 because that's what we carried then um you get to shoot the grenade launcher and you get to shoot the machine gun and you get to shoot the rocket launcher and you know all of those things and none of it was like weird or foreign i never felt unsafe because i was i spent my whole life doing it you know i went to hunter safety courses growing up i constantly watched my dad and my grandpa um, practice gun safety we talked about where you store them we talked about when not pointing it ever at a person even if you know it's not loaded um so it was it for me and how i grew up guns are very normal so you've had extensive essentially training yeah when you get to the army um what is that kind of uh what is that like do it's like okay here's your uniform and your gun and you're in the army congrats you're done or is there like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just but, uh, sh shoot shoot the brown ones yeah exactly. you know what they say 
Yeah, Bang terrible, day. terrible joke. Uh, okay, so the uh, <laughs> you laugh though. You're just as guilty. I, I did. I know. It's for those listening. It's she's smiling. It's based in satire. Please leave us alone. Yes. Um, so, but what is the what is the gun training uh, in the army? So when you're in like basic training, um, you go to the range a lot, and when you're at the range, they do the whole safety spiel um not swinging it around not pointing it at anybody even if you think it's not loaded um pointing it always down range um but you carry that gun with you <clears throat> with you unloaded everywhere uh when okay. you go um camping it's not called camping when you go camping you sleep with it you know so like it's with you all the time um i still remember uh, one of my drill sergeants he decided that he would try to get into people's tents and take their weapon because you were not supposed to let anybody take your weapon. So he was going to mess with some of us. And he, he pulled on mine and he like, I, I hopped up and pointed it directly at his face, which is not the best thing, but it, I was half asleep. So, um, and he was like, it's okay. It's just me. Okay. <laughs> um, Sorry. God damn, Rachel, you're scary. How many times am I going to say that this episode? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm, I'm so, yeah, I am. So, I mean, I mean, serves him right for trying to, you know, you're supposed to sleep. Okay, isn't it? Didn't you respond exactly as you're supposed to? Yes. You thought there was a threat trying to take your gun. Yes. So I acted accordingly. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, so all of those things, all of that experience and growing up with it, being in the military, I have extensive knowledge and training about weapons. I, so, I, most people don't have that. Well, they don't. They don't. And they don't. I, I can tell you that from my experience, I've handled a, a handful of guns. I was in Vegas to get married. We did a shooting range experience as part of the thing. And it like you know there's pictures of like my wife like holding a pink machine gun right mm -hmm. like at the shooting range in her dress well not like a wedding dress but like a dress right um, yeah okay but even that i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly there was a solid 30 minutes of training before we were allowed to like like touch the first weapon yeah it was like okay down range pointed mm -hmm. downward even when you're holding it here's mm -hmm. how you check to see if it's loaded every single time I'm going to be very deliberate in my speaking to you. Like it was, it was super thorough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's, and they basically like stressed you that like, if you break one of these rules, you're fucking done. You like, we're yeah, we're keeping your money and you're mm -hmm. out. Yes. Um, Cause they don't want people fucking around mm -hmm. with them. They're guns. They're guns. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like those 30 minutes that you got, right. Yeah. Because you were just going to go shoot at a range. Um, most people don't even have that. They just go when they buy the gun and they're like, okay, this is mine. I know I'm responsible enough to know what to do and what not to do, but that's not the case. Um, do they go home and like go to YouTube and be like, how to load weapon? Probably. I don't even know. I mean, and that's the thing. It's hard for me to understand because of how I grew up and, and all of that. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say that, like, I don't understand the fascination with guns because I personally find them very interesting. You said it initially, um, the cool weapons. They're, yeah, they're cool. They're, and it's because, like, look, I, I don't I don't want to get into the full reason as to why I think they're cool. But, like, 
they're in movies and Rambo and Die Hard and you shoot the bad guy. Like there's a Badass romance to them. it. Yes. You know, Clint Eastwood, you know, smoking, you know, as you feel lucky, that kind of shit, right? Like right. it's cool. Yeah, it's it. made to be cool. You know, and then Call of Duty now, like for the next oh, generation, yeah. it's the mm -hmm. Call of Duty generation, mm -hmm. the Fortnite generation. Right. It's for us it was Halo. Exactly. It's yeah. good guys for or you know, Goldeneye. Now we're gonna take a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I get I get the I get saying, you know, they're cool. There's a fascination mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. In Canada, in order to even get like your hunting license, you have to take like two courses and go to a range. Like you have to yeah. there's, there's thorough steps. It's not yeah, they have the guns at Bass and Pro Shop. Mm -hmm. But you had better started the process a month ago. Right. <laughs> you're not yeah. getting that gun today. So we have a we have a one day hunter safety course. My son did it. Um, was it last year? I think it was last year. Um, we have a one day hunter safety course that includes the range. It's all day long, uh, and that's what I I went through something similar when I was his age. It's all day long. Um, do the range afterward. Make sure you you know understood everything appropriately. You have to pass the class. Um, however, and he he really loved that. However. My husband and I did a um, concealed carry class like years and years ago before Oklahoma um, put in put in um, open carry without a you license. Like you want to yell at someone. You, do you want to yell at someone? I do. What are you doing? Oh, okay. Get out. <laughs> you have kids. This happens. That was my husband. <laughs> even even funnier. Even better. Oh um, no, he's just taking the dog out. Oh, um, puppy. I know. He's so sweet. Is it the same one from the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. He's, so he came to Mississippi with us. Um, and my other two dogs, they're quite a bit older. And we, we drove here from Oklahoma. So I did not think they would handle the drive while they both have arthritis. And um, I didn't think that was going to be a good idea. So Winston came. However, we're on a 12th story, 12th story. He will not, I said, put out like grass patches on the patio. He won't use them. So we have oh, to no. take him downstairs. So anyway, um, my husband and I did concealed carry. Now this was back when you had to have a license to conceal carry. Um, now in Oklahoma, you can open carry. You don't have to have any license at all. Um, and you know the difference between concealed and open carry. I feel like it's pretty obvious. So that was that was a one day training. Mm -hmm. um, they had police officers come in and talk to you about what is going to happen if you have to use your gun in a situation. Uh, you did the range. There were moments in that class where people ask the most asinine questions, like and not about safety, but about the people that they are allowed to shoot. Okay. My and, eyes are widening. So yeah. The so they, they asked the police officer because there was a lawyer there and there was a police officer. They asked them about specific scenarios that they were allowed to shoot people. And some of them are very mundane. Like somebody's dog is coming up and like, it looks like it's going to attack me. Can I shoot their dog? That's a question that somebody asked. And I was just like, we're really going to give these people the stamp of approval after this? I'm sorry, that question's too stupid. You no longer get a gun. Yes. Like, I feel like that scenario should have had a, a touch of common sense where there are clearly people there who do not need to have a license 
to conceal carry. These are the same people though who are uh, like pro the police just shooting everyone. They don't understand lethal force. If a dog no. bites you, you might go to a hospital, but you're not likely to die. Die, right? <laughs> I mean, it, and that's the thing. It's like I think in this conversation, it's so hard to think about all of the different um, levels of education about guns and all of the different point of views and living situations and come up in, with what in my mind is reasonable gun legislation. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, The Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Adler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Okay, so that that's perfect. What do you think is the the starting point? What is what is the bare minimum that should be in place? So I read a statistic yesterday that when we had because we did have a ban on assault rifles at one time, um, when we had that ban, it was a decrease of thirty four percent, I believe. It was either thirty four or forty three percent in okay. these mass shootings. Um, so. I feel like that would be step one. I don't know if there would be a successful buyback program in the United States. I mean, honestly, I have one and I wouldn't want to sell it back to the government. Um, but I think that's like the first step. But okay. That being said, you're like, I wouldn't want to sell it back. I don't think anyone I'm is literally. asking for people to get rid of their guns. Not in America. No, I don't In America, so. it's part of the, it's part of the culture. And I think people are understanding like, fine. I think what they're trying to do is, to your point, make sure the crazy ones have some hurdles. Right. Make sure that you can't stroll into Walmart, eggs, milk, AR-15. It's right. not not on the shopping list. Hun, did you pick up the AR-15 like I asked? Right. I'm well, so the... hungry, hun. It's on my honeydew list. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, though. Like, you can go in and get one that day. It, it, there's no... There's barely anything. I remember I went on my lunch hour one day because I was getting a birthday gift for my husband. I got him a new deer rifle. Really pretty, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> um, I went on my lunch hour and bought that on my lunch hour. Yeah. Like it, it took me. Like you were going for a burger. Right. Exactly. Like I was going to go get some tacos with my buddies. No, I'm buying a deer rifle. I'm going to have deer tacos. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Rachel, you're the best. Keep going. <laughs> but it took no time. Yeah. You know, when we hear about what happened in Uvalde, which I've been there, by the way. I had friends in Uvalde. Um, 
But when you hear about what happened in Uvalde, he walked in, he was able to immediately buy a gun. Um, yesterday, was it yesterday or two days ago, Oklahoma and Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is far northeast, um, there was a shooting at a health complex. And I think it was four people died, not including the gunman. He died as well. He bought that gun that day. He got angry and he went and he bought that gun and he went to that medical center. I have a hard time thinking that some pause would not, wouldn't, wouldn't help. You know, people you who know, argue against doing the whole, make them wait. Basic career advice uh, <laughs> tells you that if you're angry, don't write an email for 24 hours. Right. Wait 24 hours. Sleep just on it. If you're upset, don't quit that day. Mm -hmm. Sleep on it and see if you still want to quit tomorrow. Exactly. And, you know, I think one of the frustrating things is you see this isn't a gun problem. This is a mental health problem. I feel like mental health has been hijacked by people to justify gun ownership. And they're using it as a bad thing. They're putting the stigma back on me mental health. Yes. That we're the dangerous ones because we're, we're sick in our heads. So we're dangerous. That like the the mental health movement has come so far to reduce yeah. the stigma. I talk about therapy sessions openly. I talk about what yeah. I struggle with, and it becomes more and more complex. And my friends are now talking about it. It's mm -hmm. it's fantastic that people are like, yeah, that's what I struggle with. Yeah, that's what I do. And yeah. then the Republicans are going to hijack this as well, and that's going to mm -hmm. make me like, well, if you say you have mental health, they're worried you're also a serial killer, exactly, because you're depressed sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know it's it's really difficult with PTSD too, because there, that is already kind of associated with violence, especially because of like movies and stuff. Um, we talked about this previously. You right? drunk and sweat pouring off your yes, bottle of whiskey, punching your husband. Punching my husband. I told him about that, that conversation we had. He was like, that's exactly how it goes. Yeah, like, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that nerd dad easy. podcast. We make PTSD jokes. <laughs> but, so uh, bad. Yeah. This is how we cope, people. Exactly. So this speaking of assholes, um, mm -hmm. you weren't speaking of them. I'm just. I mean, you're talking about your speaking husband. He asshole. seems like a very nice guy. He is a very nice guy, unless um, he's being an asshole. So then you punch him. Um, so I uh, I warned you. I I found uh, tweets from three of the dumbest Americans uh, that I could possibly find. Mm -hmm. And I would like to discuss them with you. I'd like to talk them with you. Because, look, we had a heavy conversation. Yes. And you offered a very viable, basic solution. And at the very least, maybe the first rule is wait 24 hours for your gun. Hello, yeah. I'd like to buy this gun. Perfect. You can come back at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Not a minute sooner. Yeah. <laughs> the problem solved. Anyways, right. I think some of it could be cool. It could be done by that if we just add a 24-hour cooling period to your point. Mm -hmm. Um. Back to the dumb Americans. So, first one irritates me the most. Uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz uh, is a jackass. He's a moron. Uh, you know, Teddy Cancun. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates him. I, I think he trolls the internet now with just being a bad person. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's fine. Uh, shortly after they had the NRA convention. Excuse me. Shortly after Uvalde, they had the NRA yeah. convention. And uh, he posted a clip of his speech. And he says, what inevitably stops these horrific crimes armed good guys stopping armed bad guys and i've been thinking a lot about that because obviously it's just kind of a throwaway line the republicans use but i can't help but think does that imply 
that American soldiers who have died with a gun in their hands are the bad guys? Right, because to the other people, in their point of view, they are the good guys. With the gun. With the gun. Killed Mm -hmm. the American. Does that Mm -hmm. make the American the bad guy? Yeah, and then we would see also see this in the Ukraine and Russia situation. So the Russians are the good guys? Right. That doesn't feel right. Nothing um, is right, Joe. <laughs> speaking of Ukraine, uh, um, Lauren Bobert. Oh, God. Uh, Lauren, I wish I was... What is her name? I'm blanking on her name. I want to call her Tina Fey because Tina Fey played her so well. What the hell is the VP's name? She did. Oh, oh, Kamala uh, Harris? No, the v- current VP is Kamala Harris. Oh, who are you asking about? Who did Tina Fey play? Who ran for VP with John mm-hmm. McCain? Sarah Palin. Palin. Lauren, I want to be Sarah Palin Bobert. Yes. Uh, she stole Accurate. the glasses. She steals the dumbness. Yep. Um, so perfect. Democrats one month ago, give your money to Ukraine. They need guns. Democrats today, none of you American peasants may own a gun, which is obviously just asinine. Uh, and then this person, I'm going to guess their last, their Twitter handle is Putham 11 points. Uh, thanks to Lauren Book, because Putham 1 through 10 was taken. Uh, so they had to go with Putham 11. Uh, thanks to Lauren Bobert here for making the argument that the guns involved in America's mass shootings are weapons of war. Right. Well, so it, this is interesting to me because one of the things that we hear all the time is that we're allowed a re- well regulated militia to stand up to the government if it decides to turn against us, right? So 40 hillbillies with AR-15s isn't well regulated? Right. Okay. Right. But now now they're using Ukraine. What's happening in the Ukraine is evidence. See, the Ukrainian citizens needed their guns to stand up to Russia. I think a better example would be uh January 6th. I do too. That would be a militia. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't say they were well regulated because regulation implies Rules? Rules. <laughs> Jinx. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you owe me a coat the next time I'm in Mississippi. Uh, I'm down, yes. I'm not going to be coming to Mississippi. Don't come here. There's Confederate burial grounds everywhere. Yeah, I'm not going it's to. really weird. Uh, <laughs> but, like, the word regulation implies rules and, and a mm-hmm. leader of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure, we could say Trump was the leader of that militia, but he also happened to be the... Uh, outgoing president no was he a president at the time? he was the president yeah. for like a few more hours yeah. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and then finally and this one i want to end on because uh i think it's a, a fair trade i think america's gonna like this trade um so shortly after uh uvalde uh canada issued a a uh trudeau our prime minister basically said like look we're gonna ban handguns like this is yeah. this is crazy um and it's still got to go through all kinds of bills and passing. But in Canada, we're kind of like, take away the guns. Just make them harder to get. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, again, the convoy rednecks are, are upset, but no one cares. Gosh, there's, yeah. there's, We're a country of 30 million. There's 1 million assholes. It's fine. Um, yeah, those are good so odds. In amongst her, her, her thread, which I literally think was like eight or nine long. It was ridiculous. There was this trade she offered Canada. And I'm like, let's do this. Great trade. I have a proposal to Canada to solve this. 
Give us all of your guns since you don't want them, and freedom-loving anti-vax Canadians, especially your truckers and those who supported them, and in return, we will give you our Democrats, including the Biden admin, Congressional Dems, uh, resistor federal employees, Hollywood commies, trans-terrorist teachers, woke corporate CEOs, super-vaxxers, and we will throw in a bonus, George Soros and all his money. We will all be so happy. Um, I mean, deal. I don't know who I have to talk to in America to make this happen. I have but... always wanted to be in Canada, so I'm good with well, it. Like, do you think it's a matter where, like, you'll have to actually move here? Or is it, like, just, like, the ship you guys to, like, the northern states and Canada will just get some more ground? I'm not sure how they're going to play this. See, I'm, I would like to just move there. Okay. Because I feel like that's easier, especially since I'm so far south. It doesn't really make sense to me to go all the way north and not just go to Canada. Yeah. Um, and since I am personally super vaxxed, I fit the criteria. How many vaxes do you have? I have, like, all the vaxes. All you have do you have three or four? I think I'm at I three have, right now. I have three. I got my booster. So I, I had the major knee surgery in December. I got my I booster like two weeks before um, to make sure that I was like all good since I was going to be in a hospital setting. I was like, yeah, no, fuck that. So um, I've got three. Uh, I think my teenager. Um, so all the kids are all shot up. Oh, God. <gasps> Oh, no. No. I'm leaving that in. No. But I won't clip it because out of context, no. I can make that sound really bad. But that I'm not going to do so this. Bad. It's okay. You didn't mean, I remember, short, I think it was the day after Uvalde. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking basketball on ESPN and mm-hmm. they literally apologized. They're like, look, you know, in the, in the vernacular of basketball talk, we talk about sharpshooters and good shot right. and he's a right. good shooter and like, we get the sensitivity right now. Mm-hmm. I, I we hope you'll understand, kind of thing, and right. um, and beyond being super nice, I think that's incredibly. I hate saying it. It's incredibly woke. I think that's incredibly sensitive to the to to the to the moment, mm-hmm. um, and not something you would necessarily expect from a sports program, right? I mean, they're those jackasses love a good controversy. Um, they do. But I thought, like when I read that, I was like. That was nice. Yeah. Kudos to them, especially because I think it was uh, the morning show with the the loud mouth. I'm blanking on everyone's name today. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I noticed. Um, so in parent Twitter, comedy parent Twitter, there's a lot of jokes about taking your kids to school in the morning, like dropping them off and everything. I noticed a stark decrease in those tweets. Like, let's not make pre-school jokes or you know any of that because it's sensitive it's just heaven forbid it's the last time you see them right yeah like in mentality like jesus christ it is and so i didn't even tell my kids my kids were already out of school so i had a lot more control over or i have a lot more control over what they're exposed to right now they're not going to school and hearing from their friends so i didn't tell my kids about what happened um because well for one my adhd kiddo she will hyper focus on that and it will be bad um and it just I can't not send them to school. That's not an option. They need to go to school. Um, and I don't want them to be afraid. But, um, I mean, in April, there was a gun at my son's school. That kid brought a gun. Um, 
so it's like, I don't know it. Having these conversations with my kids is very hard because they, they live in the United States and it's very real and it's happening all over the place. They do the drills. Um, you know, I remember when my kindergartner came home and was like, mommy, we learned how to hide from monsters today. Um, so it's, it is, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and there's no solution that I have any control over. So my way of dealing has just been shield them as much as I can. Um, try to make them feel secure as much as I can. Literally all you can do. I would have liked to end on a joke, but uh, I think the, <laughs> Sorry. it's okay. No, it's, it's it heartfelt. It's sincere. Um, it uh, It's a sign of the times. It's one of the reasons yeah. why I reached out to you. You kind of, um, you provide insight and context that uh, not a lot of people can with not only your, your history, um, but also your willingness to share. No, um, I know that this is a, a, a difficult topic um, mm -hmm. to address. Mm -hmm. And it uh, it's good that we can have some fun with it. It's gallows yeah. humor, as right. as anyone will acknowledge. But it also is, a, to your point, a coping mechanism. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Rachel, you are, as always, lovely and welcome. Anytime there's another tragedy in the U.S., which will probably happen next week. Uh, maybe today. Yeah, we'll talk then. <laughs> yeah, we'll, it's a. Uh, it's about ten thirty in the morning. How about we talk around one? See what happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we should have a standing appointment. <laughs> okay, uh, Rachel at Pro Warrior Warrior because you're a warrior. Warrior. Maybe please. I didn't go to speech therapy as a kid. Maybe I should blame my mother for this. No, I didn't either, and I can't stick out my tongue. I really should have gone to speech therapy. What the hell does that mean? I, okay, now I have, I have to ask. What does that mean you can't stick out your tongue? I can't stick out my tongue. It's tied to so the So what the happens when you try? It The webbing underneath hits my teeth. Oh. It is. I had it clipped when I was like five and it grew back. So I just never messed with it again. Two of my kids also have this. What is it? Now I'm curious. Like, what is it? <laughs> It's like it's. You were we were gonna leave on a on a sad note. Now we're gonna I'm leave on a, on a weird note. But carry on. Um, it's like it's called note. a tongue tie. If you look it up, it's called a tongue tie. Yeah. And basically, there's a webbing underneath my tongue. It used to go all the way to the tip of my tongue, but it doesn't now. So mm -hmm. it's like. Mm. Yeah, that would have made like speech hard if your tongue was mm -hmm. can't move it. Yep. 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 So it's tied to my tongue. I can't lick an ice cream cone. I can't. I'm lactose intolerant anyway, so who cares? But. Um, <laughs> lactose intolerant PTSD <laughs> army vet. I can't have tongue gluten either. Can't tongue have gluten. Nope. Jesus Christ. I know. That's a sad existence. Poke um, child for wokeness. <laughs> Are you vegan? I'll bet you're vegan. Fuck no. No, okay. Absolutely. I draw the line. Yeah, there. fuck vegans. I don't care if you're a vegan. If you're vegan and you're pissed off. Hang up. I was about to say fuck the cows, but in Oklahoma, that's a really controversial thing to say. So yeah, they uh, just yeah. might do it. One of my favorite George Carlin jokes, and I'm sure he stole it from somewhere, was, uh, "How does a rancher uh, fuck a goat? How? At the edge of a cliff, so the goat will push back." <laughs> da 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 da. da. <laughs> We're leaving on that. Uh, good. Thanks for everything. You're welcome. <laughs> That's it. It's the show.
Uh, I told you it was a good one. And anytime I can end on a goat fucking joke is, uh, it's a good day by me. <laughs> Just the twists and turns in that last five minutes. Uh, we're all over the map. So I want to thank Rachel, of course. She'll be back soon. I uh, told you, one o'clock. We have a standing appointment now to discuss the latest tragedy in America. Want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network, including this one. You can catch Dean's show Monday to Friday, three-ish. Dean, Locke, and Ryan, and then a rotating panel of guests talk about current events. It's better than I'm making it sound. Last but not least, I have merch. I have merch. I think I've sold two shirts, maybe one. It's okay that you're not buying it. I, uh, I'm not going to stop promoting it because it's what you do. It's what you do when you have a podcast. You, you just invest your time and it's a money pit. Anyways, if that's not a sales pitch for merch, I don't know what is. Uh, we've got Zero Days Without a Dad Joke, World's OKest Dad, raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob. And if you, for some reason, want to rep my logo, Bob's your uncle. Lots of colors to choose from. Uh, World's OKest Dad and Zero Days Without a Dad Joke are terrific Father's Day presents. Um, Father's Day is coming up. Uh, what else we got coming up? Birthdays? Someone in your life has a birthday coming up. Someone who's a male who's a dad has a birthday coming up. I know it. I know it. New dads also. Great for new dads. Zero days with a dad joke? Great for new dads. Eh, I think I'm done selling my soul. That's the episode. We'll talk again next week. Be well. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Damn. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.